Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Draft Site's Podcast. Today is going to be a little different because we have a special guest, Gentry. Worthington joining us all the way from the West Coast to talk WNBA draft is the first WNBA draft podcast and it certainly will not be the last so for all you WNBA fans you are in for a treat Gentry you want to say hello to everybody hey everybody oh yeah I'm excited to get this WNBA draft talk started and uh, thanks for Jared to Jared for having me on absolutely so this has been a very exciting past few weeks with the WNBA draft, and I'm looking like a decent draft, maybe nothing great, no, no real game changers, to two prospects jumping out and deciding to leave early from college. Now, granted, they were a little older than some of the other players, but uh, they still had some eligibility left, and they broke the mold, and that's Joel Lloyd and Amanda the Huey B both leaving early. You recently wrote an article on draftside.com kind of explaining how this might unfold, but uh, maybe you tell the audience and maybe there's been more that's come to life in the last few days. How do you think it's going to unfold at the top? Entrance of Jewel Lloyd and Amanda Zowie B definitely shook up the draft because it was looking pretty weak draft at the top all throughout. There wasn't much depth throughout the the whole class. And then uh, first Amanda Zowie B decided to enter her name in, and she was looking like the no-doubt surefire number one pick. And uh, a couple days later, I think it was the next day, Jewel Lloyd decided to forego her senior season and enter the draft. That made it a difficult choice for Seattle, but it made the whole – it shook up the draft like crazy just because the Storm have the number one and number three pick, so that makes a lot of trades come into play. Just looking at who they had uh, to choose between, the two that were most likely to be chosen were Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis from Connecticut and Elizabeth Williams from Duke. Those two are all right players. Elizabeth Williams, she's a good defensive player. She doesn't score a lot. She has a good hook shot. But she, she's kind of short as far as you would like in a center. Kalina Mosqueda-Lewis, she has some good height in a guard. She's probably one of the best shooters I've ever seen in the women's game. But mm. she doesn't do a whole lot further than shooting. She can rebound some. And she's kind of slow of foot. And that, would, that might affect her draft stock a lot just because uh, the WNBA is a lot faster game. The guards are a lot faster, and she would have to play at either shooting guard or small forward in the WNBA. You just made a very bold statement. You said that KML was the best shooter you've ever seen in college basketball. I mean, there's some pretty amazing shooters, especially from from her college, Connecticut. You think a lot of people might argue that? Uh, You could make the argument. Um, like we have players like Diana Taurasi just from Connecticut and players like Lori Kane who played a, a few years back. Yeah, KML, she's, she's amazing. Like you watch her and the way she moves off screen, her shot is just pure. It's 
I've never seen anything better than that. You can't leave her open. It's She's automatic when she's open. It's just how that will translate into the pro game, how if she can get her shot off because she doesn't create her shot. She's mostly coming off of screens and taking shots that are most more, more likely wide open, but she it's just trying to find that shot in the WNBA will be a lot harder because the defenders are a lot better. She won't be playing on a talented team like she did at, at Connecticut. She might be one of the players asked to score a lot more, especially going to, going higher in the draft as to a team that uh, needs her help. And so that's why Seattle and Tulsa probably will, I see them passing on her in their first picks. And Jewel Lloyd and Amanda Zowie B are, in my opinion, the top two players in this class. Jewel Lloyd is currently who I have going number one to Seattle. The reason I decided to have them just because from day one, the first game I saw her play, I think it was her first college game. Going into that season, people were talking about Skylar Diggins because they were coming off their national championship run. And then there's this freshman, Jewel Lloyd, just comes in and just lights it up. She just flashed from day one. She's athletic. She can shoot. She can defend. She can do everything you would want from a guard. Mm-hmm. And she, she's pretty much a shoot superstar in college and basically just a pro playing in college. It's amazing to watch her. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Kobe, Kobe Bryant. And I know that's her favorite player to watch, so I'm sure she patents her game a little bit off of that. I see a little bit of Michael Jordan, wow. and that's that's kind of a bold statement, I know. But she just has that – she she goes in the low po- post and posts up smaller guards. Yeah, it was so definitely surprising seeing her enter the draft, though. Amanda Zowie B, she is a little bit younger. She was a sophomore entering the draft. She has a little bit – she needs a little bit more polish to her game to fit into the pros, but she has the body, no doubt. She's 6'5". She's big and strong. She should be able to bang, come in and bang right, right in with the stronger post in the WNBA. Defensively, she might struggle right off the bat because even in college, teams would isolate against her, and she had trouble. She, I mean, she can block shots, but a lot of that is just players would come drive into her, and she's bigger, so she, she gets those blocks. But her foot speed, she, she needs to work on. She is probably more of the project of the two. She will be a game changer, I think, uh, when she reaches her potential. Just watching her in college, there were, there were games where she would sit out in foul trouble for 10, 15 minutes, and you could see Minnesota struggled to score and also to stop their opponents from scoring. It l- allowed teams to, to stay with Minnesota when they should be pulling ahead. And then uh, you see Amanda Zowie B, she comes in and you could just feel the impact right away. It wasn't as surprising for her entering the draft just because she's from Sweden, so maybe the WNBA trying to play with the uh, the highest possible players um, just was more of appeal to her than playing in college and doing unnecessary harm to her body and maybe getting hurt and then uh, damaging her stock in the future. I know she, she's played internationally with Sweden, so that experience will definitely help her going into into the pros. Then the Storm have the number three pick again. Now, do you think there's any the chance that they get Zowie B and Lloyd? I see, I see it could happen, but I think Tulsa just will be going for the – best available player. They have a very good back 
backcourt already. They have Skylar Diggins, who they drafted two years ago, and Odyssey Sims, who they tailored last year, who are great, amazing guards. I can see them going maybe at a high-tempo offense and playing three-guard offense with Jewel Lloyd and those two, or if they decide to draft Amanda Zowie B. They definitely have a need for a game-changing center. They have Liz Cambage, who they drafted a few years ago, number two overall from Australia. But she has, she has commitment problems, it seems like, with Tulsa because she is more committed to Australia than she's shown to the WNBA. She's come over, she came over her rookie year, then she decided to skip her second year in the league. Then her third year, she came over halfway through, I think it was. So, I mean, she's a really good player, but she doesn't help you out at all. She doesn't help Tulsa out at all. She's not there. So they might be looking to build up that center position, and you never know. The same thing could be said for Amanda Zowie B, because she is foreign. She might have commitment issues playing uh, with Sweden. So that might be something Tulsa will think put into consideration, and they might pass her up and let her fall to number three. But I don't see how Tulsa would let that potential slip by because you can always make trades later on. Or That's another thing. A team that maybe just needs a center, needs a scoring guard, they might be looking to trade up into those top two or three picks and try to grab Jewel Lawyer or Amanda Zowie B. The Storm said that, they, that the phones have been lighting up a lot more now that uh, those two entered the draft of course, than they were before. Uh, the Storm will probably keep that number one pick, but the number three pick is the one that's probably most in play for trades. And they got that number three pick from Connecticut, who had the three and four. So they have, they still have their four. I think Connecticut probably takes between Elizabeth Williams and KML, whichever one Seattle doesn't take. I think they'd probably like to have KML, I mean, from a fan's perspective just because she went to college at Connecticut. And she, she could probably fit right into that team pretty well. They, they have needs all over, though, missing the playoffs. Katie Douglas played well for them last year, but she's getting up there in age. I think she's like 30, 35, 36 now. So, yeah, they, they definitely need a shooting guard depth. They could probably use some post depth with uh, Shanae Gwumake from Stanford, who was their number one pick last year. Mm-hmm. She is she's hurt, so she's going to be missing the first part of the season, and she, she's expected to come back later. But you could always use post-depth. That's a big need for most teams. Now, do you think if Seattle drafted Lloyd and KML, those two can fit into the backcourt well, along with potentially Sue Bird? I, I think they could because they just need guards, really, honestly. It, and... Uh, KML is, is more of just the pure shooting guard. Get her open and she'll knock the shot down for you. Jewel Lloyd is more of a creator. She'll drive to the basket. She can get those open shots for KML. She, she draws a little bit more attention from the best defender on the opposing team, whereas KML, if teams sag off of her, then she'll knock down the open shot. She's probably not going to be a starter in the WNBA at least her first few seasons until she can adjust to the speed of the game. She could probably work on just her conditioning. Jewel Lloyd is, she's probably going to be a starter from day one. 
and she's just a superstar. Um, how they will fit together, Sue Bird is up and getting up there in age. She's a point guard, specifically. She can go t- to play the two a little bit, but um, she's mainly the point guard at, in Seattle. Jewel Lloyd will, would probably slide right in at the two, and KML can switch between two and three. So they, they could find a way, definitely, to get them to work together. All right, so let's keep going down the first round here. Uh, you got Chicago at 5, San Antonio at 6, Los Angeles at 7, Washington at 8, San Antonio has another pick at 9, Atlanta at 10, Minnesota at 11, Phoenix at 12. You know, with those next few picks, what do we want to focus on? Those picks are all of those players that I have listed on my mock draft. Go to draftsite.com and you can look at it. Those are a lot of players that are going to be flexible. Right now I have Chicago taking De'Erica Hamby. She's a good scoring forward from Wake Forest. I see her probably, if Chicago doesn't take her, she's probably going to go to San Antonio. I just think both teams need an impact forward. Any way, any team could take any player really, honestly. Whichever team falls in love with a player because uh, for that first round, there's so many different players with different different pluses, different minuses. It's just kind of what, what the team thinks they, they see in a player and think they can turn into. This is kind of a, I guess, maybe a controversial pick. I, I have Crystal Bradford from Central Michigan going number six to San Antonio. Not a lot of people know about her playing at Central Michigan wasn't a very good team this year. She didn't play a whole lot. She had a knee injury. She has experience with USA basketball, and the more I watch her, I've, I've done a lot of watching her lately. The more I watch her, I think she could be a definitely a good player in the, in the WNBA. I personally feel like she should go pretty high. I don't think she probably will go that, this high, but San Antonio, they could definitely use a scoring small forward. They traded away Shanice Johnson to Indiana. That's how they get this number six pick. I think she is, has the potential. She'll be a starter someday in the league. LA, after them, I have taking Allie Malott from Dayton. She's a player who had her, st- her stock go up after the tournament. Her coach did a famous interview now um, where he said that her whole career, all th- since eighth grade, she he was urging her to be more decisive, be more aggressive, and don't be afraid to shoot, don't be afraid to score. And then she finally started doing it in, in the tournament. And Dayton had some upsets. They, they were actually ahead of Connecticut at halftime in, when they played them in, in the tournament. I know uh, Brian Angler, coach of L.A., he, he likes forwards, tall players who can shoot. That's why I have him drafting her. Rashonda Gray from Cal I have going to the Mystics at eight. The Mystics, they need help. I see them missing the playoffs next year. I feel like they were lucky to make the playoffs this year with their roster. They don't have, like, a superstar player. They have a lot of good players. They need help all over, or I think they will miss the playoffs this year. I have them taking Rashonda Gray just because she's, she was Pac-12 player of the year this year. Um, she has some potential. Defense will be an issue for her in the WNBA. But she can score. She might be the best player available for the Mystics. Unless they decide to go guard, then maybe they could take a Brittany Boyd, who also was at Cal, or 
Amber Orange from Stanford. Um, they need help all over, I think, if they want to stay in the playoffs going into, into next year. Um, they could also go with Samantha Logic, who I have going to San Antonio at nine. I think uh, Dan Hughes kind of likes that kind of player who who can do a lot of things well, and that's Samantha Logic. She had, I think, six or seven triple doubles throughout her career. She can score. She can rebound. Um, she's a bigger guard. It's just uh, for her, adjusting to the speed of the WNBA will probably be an issue. She plays very flat-footed on defense, so a team would have to try to pair her with a more defensive guard. San Antonio, I think, has that in De- Danielle Robinson. So I think those two could play well together. I see Samantha kind of with the ceiling, maybe a Penny Taylor who plays with Phoenix and is an all-star caliber player. She's probably not going to reach that, but that's kind of the way I see her play. Uh, She has a good shot. She distributes the ball. She's a do-it-all type player that I think Dan Hughes at San Antonio would like. Atlanta, I have taking Isabel Harrison from Tennessee. Uh, they don't really need a whole lot. See them taking her just because she tore her ACL earlier in the season. She will sit out this season and then rejoin with her next year. She was a player who a lot of people pegged as a lottery pick, maybe even the number one overall pick a few months ago. So they would be getting a lot of potential with her. Uh, she's that that uh, relentless type rebounder in the post who can score a little bit she she has a little bit of a jump shot she has some height she's not a center she's pretty good height um, wise with uh for a forward i feel i just think they they would just take her stash her away for a year let her sit on the bench and learn and then they'll be she'll be ready to play next year and jump right in minnesota i think they could use some post depth or maybe a backup point guard to groom future. Lindsey Whalen is getting older, so they have their choice. I think that they could probably grab some post-ups post later in the draft. So right now I have them taking Brianna Kiesel from Pittsburgh. That might be higher than she would go, but I really like her. I watched her I've watched her a lot lately, and she's just blowing my mind with her speed, um, her decision-making. She's probably the best pure point guard in the draft, I think, in my opinion. She's not too tall. That might be one thing that probably lets her slip a little bit. And also her first three years at Pittsburgh, the the team wasn't very good. That might be another thing that slides her down a little bit. Otherwise, they have uh, choices between Brittany Boyd, Amber Orange. Uh, there's some good point guards. There's a lot of point guards in this draft. So they have their options. I take, I just prefer myself, Brianna Kiesel. And then uh, Phoenix, I have the defending champions selecting Brittany Boyd from Cal. They're a team that also doesn't need a whole lot. Diana Taurasi is sitting out this year. So I think we could probably use guards just to cover for her loss this year. Uh, Brittany Boyd doesn't isn't really the same type of player. She's an energy player. A lot of people see her going a lot higher. I could see that too. Um, but me personally, I just think she's probably a little injury prone and she doesn't have a shot 
at all. She, her, I don't know her percentages, but um, she's not a very good three-point shooter. She doesn't have much of a pull-up jump shot or anything. She's just that energy player that will come off the bench and run an offense, which uh, I think a lot of teams would really like. And that, uh, that rounds up the first round. Okay. So looking at rounds two and three, which players should we watch out for? There's one that sticks in my mind that I think a lot of people would, would probably argue deserves to be in the first round. That's Amber Aron. Now, is she one of the players that you think we should watch out for in rounds two and three who can make an impact? Yeah, I, I like Amber Aron's. Um The thing about Amber Aron's is just like Brianna Kiesel, she's not the biggest guard, and she didn't doesn't have much of a shot either as far as a jump shot or a three-point shot, but she's definitely worked on it and gotten a lot better. Um, she hit the game-winning shot against UConn earlier this year, and UConn's only loss was to Stanford. Amber Aranj, I like her a lot. She's she's quick. She can run an offense. Uh, she's, good at, she's a good defensive player. She's tough. I just think her height and her lack of a shot will probably drop her down to the second round. Um, there's some other players. Elisa Welch from South Carolina. She's an energy player. She's a leader. Her coach at South Carolina, Don Staley, said she's the best leader in college basketball. That's a bold statement. It's just how, how that translates to the WNBA. Is, there's a team looking for a leader from a rookie player, and she's not the biggest for a forward I think she's like six feet, six feet one. She might have to switch to more of a small forward when she gets to the league, and that might be a problem for her because she also doesn't have much of a jump shot. Uh, she played more around the basket, getting rebounds and putbacks in college. Uh, another player I like is Lauren Mincy from Maryland. When she was playing her in her freshman and sophomore year, I thought she was – amazing and then she tore her ACL and when she came back she was looking a step slow so I kind of dropped her out of my draft board but the last few months she's really found a calling card she's become more of a, a shooting guard as opposed to when she was younger she was more of a point guard and she's, she was the clutch shot maker for Maryland in the tournament and through the last part of the regular season I think a lot of teams would really like her. I, I think I could see her fitting on a team and learning behind a, a good point guard and maybe playing that in, in the WNBA because I think she has a lot of potential. Cheyenne Parker from Middle Tennessee State, She will probably. I think she has a chance to make a roster as well. Um, I have her going to New York right now. I think Bill Lambier likes that tough forward player. She will probably drop a little bit just because she failed a drug test in college, more multiple drug tests, and that that might drop her down. But um, she's a very good, relentless type player. She has a little bit of a three-point shot. Um, she has some size, which a lot of player, post players in this draft don't have. She'll probably go a lot lower than she should, because I, I like her a lot. A couple more players. I like, personally, I like Jasmine Davis Davis from 
Washington just because she's a hometown girl. She played at Washington, so I, I got to see her in person a lot. Um, she's a fiery player who you, who you would want to have on your team. She's a little bit short, and that might hurt her going into the draft, and her range might hurt her because every time I see her take a three-point shot, she steps right up to the three-point line. I never see her take it like those wow shots where you where you're like wow she why did she take that shot and then she makes it but I I definitely like her she has some good ball handling skills she has one of the best crossovers I've seen in the in college basketball this year I mean for a lot of these lower round players it's just kind of where they go and if the teams end up liking them thinking they have some potential if you look at, I have right now, I have Jude Schimmel from Louisville with the last pick. I think if she goes to a team like Phoenix, um, where she doesn't have any pressure, maybe Atlanta, just a good team, I think she could possibly make a roster and stick around for a couple of years and maybe learn and potentially be a good point guard off the bench. Yeah, and then uh, I also, there's an international player that I've been looking at uh okay international i like that yeah cecilia zandalazzini from italy she was ranked as one of the she was ranked as one of the highest players um on in most people's going into high school and then she decided not to go to high school or to college in the united states she decided to play professionally but um she doesn't get paid so she could still go to college if she wants to. So I don't know if she'll definitely be in this draft class, but if she does, she could end up going pretty high is second or first or second round. But um, I've seen her play a little bit. She's a very good player. She she can defend. She, she can rebound. She's an all-around type, maybe small forward, power forward. Uh, and she could definitely be a starter in the league if she decides to go that route someday. Okay. Oh, we only have a couple minutes here, so I have one more question. How do you compare this draft to some of the past drafts we've seen? That's a good question. This one, before the additions of Jewel Lloyd and Amanda Zowie B, was looking really, really bad. I was thinking of it as probably the worst draft. Maybe in WNBA history, it was definitely going to be pretty low. There wasn't any superstar, can't-miss player. And there wasn't a lot of depth either. But with those two additions, it's made this class look a lot better. It's decent. It's not, it's not bad. Obviously, time will tell. But um, I, I think uh, it's not as good as 2013 with Brittany Griner and Del- Elena Deladon and Skylar Diggins and a whole bunch of players. That might be the best draft in WNBA history. So. Yeah, it's it's decent. It has it has some players now. It's looking a lot better than it did a few months ago. Okay. All right. Well, Gentry, thanks for coming on for the first ever WNBA podcast from DraftSide.com. After the draft, either this week or next Monday again, we are going to do a wrap-up show where we're going to give you analysis on how the draft unfolded, what we think of the picks. And we're also going to give you a 2016 preview. Yes, we have that ready right now, but we're going to release in a couple days. So we'll be ready for next year. 
So hop on the hop on our podcast after the draft, and you'll hear a little bit more. Hope everyone's excited for the draft. Gentry, thanks again for coming out, and have a great night, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah.